Some spiritual warfare appears physical in the beginning because it kind of starts out there. It appears like. But, beloved, and we've taught you this so many times, it's mostly engaged from the inside out. pastor here at New Life Community Church. I thank you so much for turning us on and tuning us in. I trust as always that the Lord's going to bless you up one side and down the other as we fellowship together here for the next several moments. We're going to continue with the back half of a teaching that we began last week, one titled Bumpy, Curvy, Straight. I don't want to begin with this question for this particular session. What is your first reaction, your first reaction, your immediate reaction when you are confronted with a bump or a curve or some detour, some unexpected obstacle in your life, what's your first reaction? We're going to talk about that and perhaps what uh, our reaction should be or could be. I want to read one verse in your hearing. Our text passage for this series is Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 through 8. But I want to read an additional scripture in your hearing right now, and it's found in the book of Luke chapter 4, and it says this very simply. Look at this. It'll be quick. Luke chapter 4 and verse number 4. Jesus answered, It is written. It is written. Doesn't sound like there's a lot there, does it? But there is. Let me pray for you. We're going to jump right on into this. Father, I thank you for each one listening right now. Whether the individual turned it on by our own purpose or by accident. And I pray in the name of Jesus that you would speak to each heart by your word. Help us to know how we should and could and can respond to the bumps and the curves and the detours, the obstacles that we encounter in this present life. I pray, I ask in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hey, you hang on. I'm going to be back here in just a little while to wrap things up. God bless. about a quarter of a mile further down the road than we were last year when we flew with Joe. <laughs> There's a moral to that story. How, do you know what the definition of insanity is? Continuing to do the same thing and expecting different results? Well, that's these two moose hunters. What happened? They were leaning on their past experiences instead of and wanting their own way instead of trusting somebody that had a little more expertise in this particular or on this particular issue. Now listen, we do that all the time. That's kind of a, a ridiculous story, but don't we do that all the time? And beloved, knowing this, knowing these things, doesn't it just make sense that while we are all in a calm, cool, collected situation, doesn't it just make sense that we should purpose that we are going to put into effect in our lives, not just the same old thing that gets us in trouble time after time after time, but 
doesn't it make sense to purpose to put into effect a better way? What better way are you talking about, Pastor Terry? God's way. Doesn't that just make sense? God's way. I said earlier, the natural self naturally comes to the rescue unless. Here's the un- unless. The unless is doing it God's way. Doing it God's way. How? Pastor Terry, what does that look like? Let me move along. Beloved, when you're confronted with a bump, with a pothole, with a curve, a hill, or a valley, regardless of the nature of it, and again, go back and listen to last week. We fleshed out a lot of those different issues. Here's what you do. Now, hear me out. I'm going to stretch this out just a little bit, and I hope hope you'll uh, glean some help from this. Here's what you do. As soon as you can, and this is number something on your study notes, number four, as soon as you can, and I am telling you, for certain personalities, type A, whether male, female, young or old, this soon as you can quite often takes a little bit of time. Different time for different personalities. Different times for different temperaments. Different times for different levels of maturity. Having said that, as soon as you can, take a deep spiritual breath. Do you understand a deep spiritual breath? It looks a little bit like this. Right in the middle of a bump, hill, valley, curve. You just go, (sighs) a deep spiritual breath. Now, I'm talking to some folks. It takes you a while to get to that point. Am I right? Oh, yeah. It's a lot easier to to run around like a chicken with your head cut off, flopping your arms and little veins sticking out on your neck and all kinds of things as opposed to stopping and taking that deep, spiritual breath listen to me that deep spiritual breath is the preparatory step for a season of prayer someone said the journey of a thousand miles begins with one step likewise some of the most impactful seasons of devil defeating devil stomping prayer begins with a single deep spiritual breath As soon as you can, take a deep spiritual breath and pray. Here's what that prayer needs to sound like. Now, you don't have to follow this script precisely, but that, it needs to sound something like this. Heavenly Father, I am purposed, purposefully acknowledging you right this moment about this specific bump about this specific pothole, about this specific curve, about this specific hill. And now, Lord, this is number five on your study notes. Now, Lord, how should I respond? How should I respond? And then once we hear, or we ask that question, I should say, it would behoove us to listen. You see this old big-eared guy right here? Man, he's doing some listening. 
You ever listen for that still, small voice? Do you? Take a deep spiritual breath and begin to pray. Say, Lord, how should I respond to this situation? And then listen. You know what happens a lot of times when we go through that little routine? Holy Spirit is likely to drive us to the Word of God. You understand what I'm saying? You engage a time of prayer. You, you listening, saying, Lord, respond to me. Lord, what is it you would like for me to do? Holy Spirit begins to drive us toward the Word of God. Uh, the one verse that I did want you to see today was Luke chapter 4. Will you go there with me? Luke chapter 4 and verse 4. You Bible scholars will immediately recognize that as the temptation of Christ. The Bible is very clear, and I want you to watch this, church. The Bible is very clear that Jesus was filled with Holy Spirit. A Holy Spirit-filled individual, if you please, encountered some temptation. When Satan put forth an effort to tempt Jesus, what did Jesus do? He was praying, number one, but beloved, what he prayed was this, it is written. Are you following me? What do we do when these things happen? We pause, we pray, we listen. Holy Spirit's likely to drive us toward the word. That's what happened with Jesus. It is written. The word says, pray. Lord, what do you want me to glean from this? Are you familiar with Romans chapter 8 and verse number 28? And we know that all things work together for the good of them that love the Lord, those who are called according to his purpose. If you know and understand that, then you know that whatever happens in your life, there is a purpose. So part of our prayer should be, Lord, what do you want me to glean from this bump, this curve, this hill, this time that I have encountered Pray also, and I'm going to close down this part of the, the message here very shortly. Pray also, Holy Spirit, empower me to do your will. Paul said in Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 13, and I love this. Paul says, I can do all things. Is there a period there, church? He said, no. Paul didn't just say, I can do all things. What he said was, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Where does our strength come from? You see, it's not us. It's God that does the straightening. Uh, Lord, empower me. Strengthen me through Christ to follow through with that which you've led me to do. Will you understand this? What I've just described for you is the manner of prayer, the manner of praying that Jesus engaged. When Jesus was in the garden, he prayed, Lord, spare me this time. But he said, not my will, not mine, but thine be done. Very similar type of praying. Will you consider with me, beloved, how we might grow personally if instead of just doing what comes naturally, we take a deep spiritual breath and we listen and we'd receive from the Lord and we'd pray for the power to walk in obedience what a difference that would make in our life personally and what a difference that would make in the lives of those that are within our sphere of influence. Does that make sense to you just a little bit? Let me talk to you briefly about some of the things that hinders 
these kind of prayers. And I'm going to be brief here. I'm headed to number six on your study notes. We're going to fill in a couple of these notes, and we're going to call this off. What is it that hinders this process of having the hills, the curves, the bumps straightened out? The overarching theme of all of it is spiritual warfare. How many of you are familiar with spiritual warfare? you have any idea what that is? You familiar with that terminology? Get them, get them up high. How many of you are familiar with that? You should be familiar with it. Let me give you the New International version of spiritual warfare, and it's number six on your study notes. Spiritual warfare is warring or striving or contending or encountering on a spiritual level. Not on an external level, but on a spiritual level. Let me show you what I'm talking about. Every curve, every hill, every pothole, every valley that we encounter is a battle. Can you say battle? It's a battle. Spiritual warfare takes on differing dimensions depending on the nature of the battle. Now watch. Some spiritual warfare appears physical in the beginning because it kind of starts out there. It appears like. But beloved, and we've taught you this so many times, it's mostly engaged from the inside out. Not out there, but from the inside out. How many of you know in a war there are numerous battles? Say amen if you know what I'm talking about. There are numerous battles. There are big battles and little battles. Some more are notorious than others. In a war, there are short battles and there are more lengthy battles. Those of you that have been in service, in particular in combat, you know I'm telling the truth. There are battles that happen here and battles that happen there. Battles that happen in places we expect and battles that pop up in places we do not expect. There are, watch this, there are battles that are won and there are battles that are lost. It is possible, beloved, to win the war and lose some battles. Are you with me? In battles, there's always, usually some victories victories, but also some casualties. By the same token, it's possible to win the war and experience some casualties. The primary weapon in all of that for the believer, the kind of spiritual warfare battles that I'm talking to you about, the primary weapon is prayer. Would you write that on your notes somewhere? Prayer. 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 So, I took you there briefly to be able to, to wind it up with this this morning. I want to tell you about something else that is as unpredictable. Quite often, it's as unpredictable as the curves and the potholes and, and all that that we encounter along our journeys. And it is this. It's prayer. Pastor Terry, what are you talking about? Have you discovered that prayer is in and of itself an amazing journey? Have you discovered that? As some of you that are, are new to your Christian walk, you might not have gotten there yet. In fact, prayer might even seem boring to you. In particular, corporate prayer may seem boring to you. But let me say to you, as an experienced prayer, one that has just a scotch of the intercessory gifting, beloved prayer 
is anything but boring. And if you think that it is boring, you haven't discovered prayer yet. You, you're just getting there. Huh? Pastor Terry, I don't believe that. Listen, I don't care what you believe. I'm trying to help you. Prayer is not boring. Prayer is an amazing journey in and of itself. But let me tell you about the unpredictableness of prayer. For instance, we can, and I have experienced this myself, and I'm sure that you have, we can go into a time of prayer intending to mix together some of the ingredients of prayer, that which we know, thinking that we know that that particular recipe or that concoction that we have come up with is going to yield a certain thing. Are you with me? I'm going to go into this time of prayer and I'm going to put this ingredient, that ingredient in it and it's going to yield this certain thing. I'm going to put in just a pinch of petition. I'm going to put in just a scotch of supplication, maybe a, a tablespoonful of thanksgiving, another pinch of praise, uh, maybe a heaping helping of desperation. You ever pray those prayers? And you let that simmer. Some people let that simmer for as much as 60 to 90 seconds. I'm trying to help somebody. And voila, our answer is ready. Our intended answer is ready. Our expected answer is ready. Now, what I've just described to you is leaning under our own understanding. That's not where we're supposed to be. Listen, church, it's not unusual for prayers. Actually, I would say to you very likely that in the process of really learning deep level prayer, we suddenly discover that God has a totally new and a unique way that he's going to bring us... Uh, to and through out on the other end of this experience. Nothing like the recipe, nothing, nothing like the expectations that we went in with. Is this making sense to anybody? In his book, The Circle Maker, and I recommend this, Mark Batterson, he tells about an old saying that was coined by his grandmother, his grandma. This is number seven on your study notes. It's just one of those things. Every family has these things they say. Uh, our family certainly does. If you'll see Donna at some point in time, she will give you a few of these little ditties. But Mark's grandmother's saying was this. You can't never always sometimes tell. That sounds like something Grandma would say, doesn't it? You can't never always sometimes tell, which when being interpreted means anything could happen. Listen to this old preacher. When you really learn how to pray, and you take a deep breath, stay away from the natural, look to the Lord and say, okay, Lord, you've got something for me in this pothole before you fill this thing in. What is it? Anything could happen during those times. Batterson goes on also to talk about praying the wrong prayers. Did you know that it's possible to pray and pray the wrong prayers? It is. Praying the wrong prayers for the wrong reasons, and obviously God isn't likely to answer those misguided prayers the way we expect. 
I mean, how often do we go before the Lord and we're like, God, what is all of this, Lord? Uh, it seemeth as though you were speaking to me about something else. I just wanted a big screen TV. I didn't want all of this. When suddenly God speaks back, I know, I know what you wanted, but here's what I want. I want you to want what I want. Have you figured that out yet? Not my will, but thine. Jesus was saying, this is not about what I want. Hey, listen to me. 90% of the people in churches in America pray this way. Lord, good morning. Terry here, and here's what I want. Get on that if you would, please. I'll give you 24 hours. God is always at work around us, and it would behoove you to shut your mouth for a few minutes and to sit and to listen for that still, small voice. All right, Lord, I'm listening. Thou knowest that I needeth a big screen TV, but from God's perspective so often, our praying isn't so much that we might get, watch this, and answer our answer as it is that we might develop a relationship. Make sense? How many of you know it's mostly true, meaning most of the time this is the case, that most of us react differently to the unexpected when we are encountering the unexpected with company? So if I'm walking along the Dick and Willie, and this has happened, and I take a step, and I look down, and I'm about to step on a snake. When I'm out there all by myself, I scream like a girl. I ain't going to lie. <laughs> and do a little Holy Ghost shuffle. Peter walked on water. When I'm about to step on a snake, I can walk on thin air. But, you know, if there's somebody around, Brother Logan was with me, you know, big old muscular Logan. I got ready to step on a snake. I couldn't squeal like that in front of Logan. He'd think I'm a sissy preacher, and we can't have that, can we? Say amen right there. No, sir, I'd step right on that snake and pick him up and bite his head off <laughs> right there in front of everybody. I'll show that snake. Isn't it true that we react differently some t toward trials, potholes, and valleys when we're in the presence of God. Isn't that true? You ever thought about that? You know, I know people <laughs> that will not cuss in front of me. Oh, and I'm coming around the corner, you ain't never heard such a racket. And then, <laughs> they won't cuss around me. And I appreciate that. But can you imagine how that, and that is a lame illustration, can you imagine how that's multiplied when God is factored into our equation? Effectively, that's what prayer is and what prayer does. Thus, it becomes trusting the Lord and not our own concoction of things not leaning on our own understanding, not resorting to our peaked 
agitated emotions and past experiences, but learning to take that deep breath and say, okay, Lord, what do you have for me? You're here, and I know you're here for a reason. What are you trying to show me? How do we avoid the bumpy and the curvy? Take a deep breath. Let's practice that right now. Will you take a deep breath with me? I know some of you thought I'd preached so long you'd done passed away. I just wanted to prove to you you're still here. Take a deep breath. Pray, listen, obey. God will straighten it out. He will make our paths straight. He will get the obstacles out of the way at whatever point we've discovered whatever it is that he wanted us to discover. Make sense? Stand up on your own two feet with me. Here's our prayer this week. Pray this right out loud with me if you would, please. Say this right out loud with me. Eternal Father, as I practice my spiritual breathing, take a deep breath. Please help me listen for the way or the ways you would have me respond to life's obstacles. Fill me with your overcoming victorious power. Amen. Obviously, in Jesus' name, amen. Pray with me. Well, beloved, that's going to wrap it up for this particular teaching. Let me just reiterate this to you before we close out tonight. How do we react when we encounter the bumps, the curves, those unexpected detours in our life? The, the formula isn't necessarily easy, but mechanically it's very simple. Let me reiterate this to you once again. Take a deep breath. Just take a deep spiritual breath. Pray. Listen to that still, small voice, and then obey. God will straighten out the curves. Now, His timing is critical in all of this. Sometimes God doesn't straighten those things out immediately, but He will intervene on behalf of His children if we take the time to take that deep spiritual breath and listen and determine that we're going to obey what it is that we hear from Him. I trust you'll be encouraged to that extent. I'm probably speaking to someone right now. You're going through a bumpy time. You encountered some curves. You nearly ran off the road, so to speak. You really nearly ran off the narrow way and ended up in a ditch, as it were. Take a deep breath. Pray. Listen. And obey. Father, I thank you so much for each one listening into this telecast. And I pray in particular for that one that has encountered a, a bump, a curve, some detour, some obstacle in their way that has nearly derailed them this week. I pray as they pray and listen as you speak to their heart about direction that you would straighten it all out and grant them the victory. And we'll thank you for what you do in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hey, beloved, I've got to get out of here. Before I do, please be reminded to pray for New Life Telecast. I'm before you here week in and week out. I've been doing this for a long time now. And I still need the prayers of the people. I'm not doing what I do professionally. I'm doing what I do because I feel like this is what the Lord has, um, has made available to us. And you are the congregation. So please pray. If you are not connected to a church fellowship, I encourage you to get connected. New Life has a regular schedule of activities Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. We also have midweek activities Wednesday 
at seven, something for nearly every member of the family, and that might just include you. I am Terry Knighton. I have to get out of here. My time is completely gone. I want to remind you once again, my friends, Jesus is coming back. Is He coming back for you?